Good day, folk. It's Nick Svul Engel speaking, and today I'm going to be sharing some thoughts and some readings from a book by Emily Foreman. The title of the book is We Died Before We Came Here. Um, Steve and Emily were a radical couple, missionary couple that ministered in an unnamed North African Muslim country, which is not named once in the whole book, and uh, it's a really... Um, special story about this wonderful missionary couple. And I'm um, reading from page three. Um, sure, we, this is Emily writing. Sure, we had started out starry eyed and full of passion. I'd been that kid who was determined to tell all my friends about Jesus and who couldn't sleep the night after a missionary doctor had told our church stories about children in Africa. Stephen had gone on a mission trip to Mexico in high school and heard God whisper, this is what I have for you. But when we met, I was a part-time college student working three part-time jobs trying to support myself and wrap my head around being a single mom. During the four years... My ex-boyfriend and I dated. I allowed our relationship or my relationship with God to fade. At least until the wake-up call, the day I took the pregnancy test. I was immediately broken and longed to make my life right again. Not only for my sake, but for the child's. My boyfriend wasn't interested in my renewed relationship with God and he definitely wasn't interested in marriage and raising our child together. So there I was, alone, and certain I had lost my right to dream of a relationship with a man who would love me and my child and have an all-consuming, red-hot zeal to glorify God. At the same time, Stephen was facing the death of his first marriage and of his dreams of serving God on the mission field. He and his wife had married right out of college, full of plans to serve God anywhere he would lead them. But as they started their missionary training, she pulled the plug on their dreams, deciding she wasn't comfortable with a life of what she called begging for the financial support to go. And Stephen accepted it. He wanted nothing more than to keep his marriage together. But despite his efforts, they began to drift apart and she eventually filed for divorce. Stephen had caught my eye at church camp a decade earlier, but I'd never even known his name. He was the manager at one of my part-time jobs, and in the midst of our individual dream-dashing moments, we became friends. I was sure it would be nothing more than that. I was pregnant after all, but as the months passed, we both sensed it, we were falling in love. Stephen's acceptance of my situation and his unconditional fatherly love for this child I was carrying, which was not even Stephen's own child, was one of the most incredible expressions of God's provision and faithfulness I could ever experience. 
And not only were we being redeemed from our individual places of devastation, we were also being drawn into a united life of restoration. Even so, we both felt that the call we'd heard from God was fraught with obstacles from the start. Would a divorced man be allowed to become a leader in the church or in service overseas? Would a young woman who'd become pregnant out of wedlock be permitted to go? But God, of course, was not troubled by our pasts. He kept bringing to my mind the adulterous woman in the Bible, waiting for Jesus' response, as the crowd hovered over her with stones. As Jesus stooped down, he didn't reach for a stone, but began to write in the dirt. For Stephen and me, the ground was our hearts. And Jesus was beginning, or rather continuing, to write his story. Not a story of condemnation, but a story of redemption. Shortly after we started dating, Stephen handed me Fox's Book of Martyrs, a daunting volume that chronicles the persecution and suffering of Christians throughout the centuries, starting with a biblical account of the Apostle Stephen. I feel it is only fair that you understand my level of commitment to God and his call on my life to take the gospel to the ends of the earth, he told me. An unusually serious look on his face. No matter the cost. As I read the stories of martyr after martyr, I felt overwhelmed as I attempted to calculate the cost. Just as a side note here, this reminds me of the title of a Dietrich Bonhoeffer book called The Cost of Discipleship. I think these days people don't want to count the cost. They want their ears tickled. People don't want to suffer and are not willing to suffer for the gospel. Okay, back to the book. Was I really that serious about following Jesus? What would I have to give up to do this? How far would I be willing to go with God? What would I do if I were in a situation of choosing whether to deny Christ and live, or refuse to deny Him and die? Was I willing to give my life for Christ? Was I willing to support Stephen's willingness to give his life for Christ? This reminds me of another story of the Jim Elliot Five. Jim Elliot, his wife Elizabeth, um, Roger Udarian, Pete Fleming, and their two other friends. They really also agreed together with their wives to lay down their lives for the Orca Indians. Okay, back to this book. Stephen's yes was already on the table, was mine. Five years into our marriage, with three very young kids, and Stephen now heading up a, a branch of a large supply company in our town with great job prospects ahead, I could no longer avoid the question. In our marriage, we were dedicated to loving God and loving others, not just 
in word but in deed. But as this passion had grown, so had the agitation in our spirits, a sense of holy discontent. The comfortable was becoming increasingly uncomfortable. The two great commands had to be linked to the Great Commission. Incidentally, the phrase Great Commission uh, came, I think, out of either James Hudson Taylor or William Carey. I think it was James Hudson Taylor. The Great Commission in a more concrete way. It was not, after all, the Great Suggestion. I think William Carey said that about the Great Suggestion. God's hand beckoned to the unknown. An adventure of faith. Stephen and I had a tough choice. And yet, in the mystery of God's sovereignty, we didn't. We began to burn with an intense desire to do the impossible. We needed to go. We didn't know where. We only knew it had to be somewhere difficult because all of the easy places were taken. There were far too many people in the world who had never heard that God had provided a way to him through his son, Jesus Christ. Stephen often quoted a phrase in church and youth group which his own youth leader had used to inspire him and his peers. If not you, who? If not now, when? As we shared our burden for overseas ministry with our church leadership and close friends, many of them, with good intentions, tried to help us be more logical. But there is so much need right here at home, they would argue. And anyway, it's too dangerous to go trekking across the world with such small children. Despite their most sincere efforts to convince us to be reasonable, we couldn't shake God's call on our hearts. We kept thinking about Oswald J. Smith's words, No one has the right to hear the gospel twice, while there remains someone who has not heard it once. That's the bottom of page four, or sorry, but the bottom of page six in Emily Foreman's book, We Died Before We Came Here. A true story of sacrifice and hope. Perhaps I'll read some more another time. An amazing couple, Emily and Steve Foreman. The book, We Died Before We Came Here. What a book. I've got a couple of spare copies which I will be giving away. I bought them to give away because it's such a special book. So let me know if you're interested and we'll find a candidate that we can give one or two of the books to. God bless you and thank you for listening. May you be inspired. Father, we just thank you for today. I thank you for each listener that you touch them. Thank you for each one of us that you've given us a gift, a free gift you've given us, your son Jesus, who to die on the cross for us in Zulu, it goes Wangi Felas Pamadweni, Wangi Kipa Zonweni Zam. He died on the cross to take away our sins. 
We bless you, Lord. We give you our lives in Jesus' name. Amen.